Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote, for our charge, which is made up of First United Methodist Church of West Pittston and Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in this morning are selected verses from Psalm 18, Psalm 18, 1 through 3a, 16 through 19, and 31 through 32, and many different selected verses for Genesis chapters 6 through 8. I won't bother reading off all of those. It'll just confuse us. I am Reverend Tenny Rupnick, and my email address is tenhatrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they're private in nature and I will pray for them privately. Or let me know if I may share them publicly and your church family, our charge, will be praying for you. Our prayer requests for this morning for our charge and for this week are for Clyde Dukes, for Bonnie Melton, for Beverly Copeland, for all the healthcare workers, for Rachel Lohman's sister Millie, and all other family and loved ones after the passing of Millie's husband, Bert. For Betty Spangenberger's daughter, Paula, who had been hospitalized. For Harold Burrett on his recovery after his surgery. For Karen Wilson, who has blood clots. For a Jennifer who is facing a health challenge. For Celeste, who is recovering from brain surgery for Sue and Ty Williams, for all our healthcare workers and first responders. And a couple of quick announcements. Firstly, our church is meeting together and in person once again, alleluia. If you haven't attended worship with us before or if you've fallen off from church attendance, we'd love to see you there. Secondly, this podcast will continue to be offered as a joint effort, a charge podcast, for both Plains UMC and First UMC, so please continue to tune in and go ahead and share it with others as you may feel led to do so. The fourth Sunday after Pentecost, June 28th, 2020. Our first hymn this morning will be This Is The Day, from the United Methodist Hymnal, number 657, and I'll be singing it. I'll sing it through twice. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verses 1 through 4. 
On that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up victory like walls and bulwarks. Open the gates so that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. Those of steadfast mind you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord God you have an everlasting rock. Gather together with me by closing your eyes and imagining our Lord drawing you nearer and nearer to his presence and grace. Open your ears and mind. Make ready your spirit and heart. And in your space and through this time, may you hear God's word, feel God's touch, and know God's love, for you are God's most precious child. Our call to worship this morning is taken from Psalm 18. We love you, O Lord, our strength. The Lord is our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer, our God, our rock in whom we take refuge. We call upon you, Lord, who are worthy to be praised. You brought us out into a broad place. You delivered us because you delighted in us. We love you, O Lord, our rock and our strength. Please join me in our opening prayer. Loving and saving God, in our individual spaces and personal places, we open our eyes to see your glory. We open our ears to hear your wisdom. We open our hearts to offer you our love. You are our God and we are your people. And all God's children say, Amen. Our next hymn this morning is number 347 in the hymnal and is entitled Spirit Song. I'll be singing it through. Oh, let the Son of God enfold you with his spirit and his love. Let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Oh, let him have the things that hold you and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Oh, come and sing the song with gladness as your hearts are filled with joy. Lift your hands in sweet surrender to his name. Oh, give him all your tears and sadness. Give him all your years of pain and you'll enter into life in Jesus' name name.
Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Let's join together now in our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. To our charge podcast, I've added a children's message, and that will come at this point in our service. We've all probably heard the story of Noah's Ark. What do you think we can learn from that story? Well, let's find out. The world in Noah's day had become full of evil and of badness, and God decided that the world must be destroyed. But God looked at Noah and his family and saw that they loved God and tried to be obedient. So God told Noah to build an ark. That is a huge boat, big enough to hold all of Noah's family and big enough to also hold two of every bird and animal and creeping thing, large and small, on the earth. That would take a big boat, wouldn't it? Well, the Bible tells us that God told Noah exactly how to build the boat, what kind of wood to use, how big to make it. Noah did everything exactly as God said, and sure enough, when the boat was finished, it started to rain. It rained and rained and rained and rained. For 40 days and 40 nights, it kept raining. And soon, all the earth was covered with water, and everything was destroyed. But Noah and his family and all the animals that came into the ark were safe and snug. So when Noah was building the ark, he could have said, oh, I don't think the boat needs to be quite as big as God said. What might have happened then? Maybe there wouldn't have been enough room for all the animals. Or maybe the ark would have sunk because the animals were too heavy. That was why it was so important for Noah to obey God's instructions exactly. Do we sometimes forget to obey God? I know I do. 
For instance, the Bible says I shouldn't say unkind things, but sometimes I do say unkind things. But God wants us to obey every single rule and to obey exactly just the way Noah did. All of God's reasons for asking us to obey are perfect reasons because God is a perfect God. God knows what is best for us, and we will never be sorry for obeying God exactly. Let's pray together. You can repeat the phrase or the words after I say them. Lord, our God, please help us to remember to obey you exactly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please join with me now in our prayer for illumination. O God, our God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. As your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, help us not only to hear and to believe, but also to be convicted by and to act accordingly. May we be a people, Lord, who lives and loves always and only in the ways you would have us to, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading for this morning is a Psalter reading, or that is a reading from the Psalms. Psalm 18, 1 through 3a, 16 through 19, and 31 through 32. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved. He reached down from on high, he took me. He drew me out of mighty waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock besides our God? The God who girded me with strength and made my way safe. Our Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis chapters 6 through 8, a bunch of assorted verses, and it is the story of Noah's Ark. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had been corrupted, its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. For my part, I'm going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons' wives with you. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. 
Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came on the earth, and Noah with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. The rain fell for the, on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, and Noah with his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons entered the ark, they and every wild animal of every kind and all domestic animals of every kind and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and every bird of every kind, every bird, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life, and those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth, and the waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters swelled and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. The waters swelled so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters swelled above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubics deep, and the waters swelled on the earth for one hundred fifty days. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark, and God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out a raven. And it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him any more. In the 601st year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and saw that the face of the ground was drying. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, and every animal, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out of the ark by families. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
The title of the message for this morning is Solid Ground. So what do you say? Was that reading a bit too long? That one from Genesis just now? It was definitely longer than what we're used to. But in spite of its length, it may have seemed perhaps somewhat less long-winded, maybe. Less long-winded than some of the other scripture readings that we have heard at other times. Why? Well, because it's such a familiar and such a well-loved story. A story that most of us have known since we were wee little. A story which we learned from the brightly illustrated pages of a children's Bible, or from a Sunday school teacher, or from a children's sermon. And I wanted to use this story today on this day when many of us, not all, but many of us are finally returning to our church in person for our worship. I pulled it back out for us today because it occurred to me in a conversation with a colleague this past week that this story of Noah and his family and the flood and the ark, it's an early Testament example of nothing other than sheltering in place. A moving place, sure, and and a floating place, absolutely, but an example of folks sheltering in place regardless. Think about that. Right here in this familiar and well-loved story, we have a biblical model, some textual evidence that this quarantining thing has been done before. And obviously, Noah and his wife and the boys and their wives and all the animals were not doing it because a pandemic was spreading across the land. It wasn't because of COVID-19. But they were still coming together and hunkering down and hiding within because chaos and danger was all around them because they were seeking and accepting protection and because they were being obedient to God. Yeah, obedience is an element of their story as well. Because God had said to Noah, make yourself an ark because I'm going to send a great flood over the land. And God later told Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household with you. And most importantly, God had said to Noah, everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you. I will establish my covenant with you. And Noah did these things in obedience to his God, and the covenant was established. And right now, I'm just wondering, and and as an aside, I'm just wondering how many other people have some trouble with this story. I'm really asking, and it's a fair enough question. I can tell you that I do. I experience some real discomfort discomfort when hearing this story, that is, and I'll get into why in a minute. But yeah, I have some trouble with this narrative and a few other biblical stories, in fact, like, like the one with Abraham and Isaac, for example. The narrative of Abraham tying up his son Isaac and getting out the slaughtering knife and being ready to kill him, to sacrifice his only son in order to, to what? To please God? That story always bothered me. Maybe at one time and in the distant past, it rang more normal or fair to the listener's ears somehow, as they heard the story told around a fire and under a starlit sky in in the ancient Middle East. But to me and to my 21st century ears, this Abraham almost sacrificing Isaac narratives, it just sounds abusive 
like murder, and like patriarchy run afoul, like misplaced and harmful piety. In short, it sounds unloving and dangerous and just wrong. Now, as we know, Abraham didn't, in fact, wind up slaying his son, his laughter. And so the ending of that story is salvaged. But that doesn't change the fact for me that I still have trouble with the idea and message of God requesting such a thing and of a father who would be willing to carry it through. And there are other stories, other biblical accounts that bother me, that upset me, that can hurt me. And in the case of this one, of Noah and of his family and the ark, I do have trouble with the idea of God killing everyone, of God destroying everything and wiping the slate of his own creation virtually clean. To me, this tale is, well, it's a story that can be, in some of its details, dangerous and upsetting. We've been caught up lately in some dangerous and upsetting stories of our own, haven't we? These past few weeks, these past few months. We ourselves have been characters, if you will, in disturbing tales that affect our living and our peace of mind. Tales of dangerous diseases sweeping the land. Narratives of our economy taking a dive, and for many, our personal finances going into an utter freefall. Stories of race riots and of civil disobedience and of uncivil unrest. Accounts of people being sick and even dying in lonely isolation because their loved ones cannot visit them. Reports of high school seniors missing proms and scholarships and graduation ceremonies of a historic rise in mental health crises and suicides, and of many other things, troubling, dangerous, disturbing times. A torrent or flood of dis-ease. Now many of us who have in this area been threatened by flooding before, by the rising waters of the Susquehanna before, And for any of us who can relate to the anxiety and fear which was an element of the flood in Ark scripture, and for all of us who feel that the events of 2020 thus far are like an unstoppable and deadly wave, we dread the splashing swirl. We are afraid of the watery vortex. We are threatened by the whirling and spinning, the churning and eddying all around us of the chaos which surges and swells and threatens to swamp and swallow us. And we may have even had a few words with God about it. We may have spoken out in our discomfort and our fear. We may have quietly pleaded or or desperately cried or outright shouted to the Lord our God in the heavens, saying something like, crying something like, I don't like this story. I'm not okay with this tale. I am not on board with this version. And can we please have a new narrative, a different plot line, please? And please know that it's always okay to question and confront our God. The Bible gives us example after example to show us and remind us and show us again that this is true. And the reason it's always okay is because when we question or confront our God, when we rant and we rail at our Lord, we are staying in relationship with him. 
King David offers us excellent examples of the pure okayness of talking back to God. All one has to do is read a handful of psalms to discover that the psalmist was not always calm and serene, uplifted and unafraid when addressing his Lord. Not at all. In fact, the psalmist was just as often beset with fear as he offered praise and was just as often fed up as he was full of faith. But what David always did, the right thing that the psalmist always did was that he took it all to God. He took all of it, Clint Eastwood, all of the good, the bad, and the ugly, right to God. He didn't give up on the relationship. And in Psalm 18, more specifically, in the psalm from which we earlier read, the psalmist said that while the cords of death encompassed him, and the torrents of perdition assailed him, and the cords of shoal entangled him, and the snares of death confronted him, while all of that, that in his distress he did call upon the Lord, and to his God he cried for help. And then, then the psalmist reports that God did reach down from on high, and the Lord took him, and that God drew him out of the mighty waters. The Lord God drew him out of the mighty waters and brought him to a broad place and made his way safe. For whom, the psalmist questions, who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock besides our God? Who is a rock besides our God? The psalmist was in the torrents, the currents, the upsurge, the flood, and he cried out to the Lord, and God reached down and took hold of him and delivered him to broad, dry ground upon which he could stand again. The Lord was his rock, he was saying. The Lord was his solid ground. Noah and his family in the boat with all the animals, they too were in the torrents, the currents, the upsurge, the flood. But they had been obedient to the Lord, and they had trusted in the Lord as they did, as God commanded, and they came together and hunkered down and hid within as they waited out the crisis, as they sent out raven and then dove over the land and waited for their return, hoping, praying that the waters had subsided from the earth enough that they could find some broad and dry ground upon which they could stand again. And the Lord gave it to them. The Lord was it for them. God was their broad and dry ground, their rock, their solid ground upon which they could enjoy firm footing once again. And we? We are like Noah and his family and the animals right now. We are like them in that we are in a transitional time and are sending out raven and dove of our own. As we hope the turbulent waters, the chaos have subsided some and then some more and then hopefully maybe enough. And as we trust in God and hope and wait that we will be able to rest upon earth and open the doors of our sheltering places and be led to the broad and dry ground once again. We look to our rock. For as the psalmist said, who is God except the Lord and who is a rock besides our God? We look to our rock and our solid ground, our Lord, as we test out this new footing 
of being able to or about to return to worship once again, to be able to enter into our churches and our sanctuaries once again, as we are able to be amongst each other once again, even if we are wearing masks and avoiding handshakes, even if we aren't singing or passing an offering plate. And you know something? We may not get the answer that we want. There may, after all, be a second wave on the way. We may be, by meeting for service now, we may be sending out a raven that will not return at all, or a dove that will only bring a small shoot of promise. And it may be, I hope not, but it may be that we will have to continue in or return to the the coming together and the hunkering down and the hiding within. And we don't like to think about that, but it may just be. And in that case, we remember we can cry out to the Lord as the psalmist did and in our distress call upon the Lord and to our God. We can cry for help because in that we are doing the right thing by staying in relationship with God and in continuing to take it all to God. Taking all of it, Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to God. Don't give up on the relationship. After all, the Lord is our support. God brings us out into a broad place. God delivers us because God delights in us. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock besides our God? Only the God who girds us with strength and makes our way safe. Thank you, Lord, for being our solid ground. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is number 361 in the hymnal, and it's entitled Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. And I will read this one asking you to listen to it like like poetry, like wisdom literature, listening for the theology in it, really paying attention to the words. Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure, save from wrath, and make me pure. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill the law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know, could my tears forever flow, all for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress, helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul I to fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Please remember that even though this podcast may make it easier sometimes when you cannot be at church, please remember that your church family still needs you in person, needs your smiles, your presence, your support, your gifts. 
Church attendance should never be about what we get out of it individually. Rather, it should always be about what we are meant to give to others, communally. As God gave generously to us, so we give back unto our God. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our Almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. O God, our God, reach forth and touch our spirits so that we may feel your peace with us. O Lord of life, breathe your breath of life into the lives of those people who are touched by the ministries of these churches, of this charge, so that they too may feel your peace. Almighty God, receive the outpouring of the gifts offered back onto you. In the name of the one who offered it all to include his very life, we pray, and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to us. Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. God of all creation, in the beginning your spirit hovered over the face of the waters. There has not been a time when you have abandoned us. As we come nearer to you now, we are reminded that throughout history you have been faithful to bring your people through floods and across deep rivers. As we huddle in the sanctuaries of our dry and safe places, we are reminded of the countless people who are now without shelter of their own. Rain down your comfort and peace on those in need. Bring healing to the brokenhearted. We pray that you will bring out the best in us, O Lord. May the hearts of all be softened as we look beyond all the trivial issues which divide us and reach for ways to care for one another with your great love. Let the softening of hearts begin within us right now. When we are faced with storms in our own lives, remind us of your faithfulness. You promise that when we pass through the deep waters, you will be with us. Forgive us when we neglect to depend upon that promise and to depend on you. We praise you that from the beginning, you have been the source of living water for us. With hope from you, we can dance in the storms. 
As your people, lead us to acts of mercy and compassion. Help us to make justice roll down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Well up within us, water of life. In the name of Christ, we pray all these things and continue to pray now as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn is number 592 in the hymnal and is entitled, When the Church of Jesus. When the church of Jesus shuts its outer door, lest the roar of traffic drown the voice of prayer, may our prayers, Lord, make us ten times more aware that the world we banish is our Christian care. If our hearts are lifted where devotion soars high above this hungry, suffering world of ours, lest our hymns should drag us to forget its needs, forge our Christian worship into Christian deeds. Lest the gifts we offer, money, talents, time, serve to salve our conscience to our secret shame. Lord, reprove, inspire us by the way you give. Teach us, dying Savior, how true Christians live. Before we take our leave now of one another, may we recite the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled, as to console, to be understood, as to understand, to be loved, as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. Go now and live before God in openness and integrity. Set your minds on the ways of God, not clinging to your own life, but taking up your cross and following Jesus. And may God give you a share in the eternal covenant. May Christ Jesus be proud of you when he comes in glory. And may the Holy Spirit make you grow strong in faith and lead you in the ways of righteousness. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. Shalom to you now, shalom my friends, may God's full mercies bless you my friends, in all your living and through your loving, Christ be your Shalom, Christ be yours.
Parsha.